0: november 22nd 2021 and it is a very special episode of the mlw fusion fight report as i have a very special guest and none other than narls garvin who will be making his mlw debut narls thanks for joining me brother big beef here
1: huh yeah yeah thanks for having me uh sorry for all delays i'm just glad to be here Listen, I think it builds the anticipation. That's what
0: wrestling's all about—is building the anticipation. We kind of did a we did a shoot version of building the anticipation, so I'm all right with it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> right? Me too. Right. So, okay, I gotta. I'm gonna just gonna start off asking you. You made your MLW debut in Philadelphia. Uh, was this your first time experiencing Philly? Have you been to Philly before? What's the overall Philly vibe for you going on?
1: I've wrestled in Philly before. I've uh, I've been through and I've been around the area. Probably about ten times, uh, so it's not too bad being a kid from Kentucky. Uh, the I never wrestled in the arena, so that was really that was really cool. But uh, to wrestle in, in Philadelphia proper and to get that like to get people to hate you, that's pretty cool. So yeah, it was pretty pretty decent. I've been I've been in and around the area quite a few times, but uh, that was probably the uh, the the uh, grandest of them all.
0: I tell you what, that twenty three hundred arena's. It's quite the experience being there, whether you're a fan or I'm sure as a wrestler, I could only imagine what that's like with the history that's there. And even though the arena itself has changed in a lot of ways since the ECW days, it's still got it's still on like Swanson and Rittner and it still has that identity. So, I mean, being in that aspect, were
1: you you an ECW kid at all? Did you get kind of into that? And if so, who were some of your guys growing up there? well i'm i'm only 26 so like right. i only got if i got to watch anything it'd be like the, the t, like the tn the tnn days and i didn't even like i was barely watching like wwe at that point i like that was like what 2099 yeah like so really? i was like mm-hmm. i was like a baby but like going back and being a wrestling fan uh, most of my favorite matches is, have happened at ecw so yeah like guys like uh jerry lynn I really love the uh, Taz, RVD, Rave. You could literally quote, you could just say anything. Like you say any name for that roster and they're just really good. And like, yeah, uh, I was a huge ECW fan, but not in the current time that it was going. Exactly. Still, still am a
0: fan. So. Right. There's, uh, there's so much to be said for how they portrayed wrestling. Like a lot of it was like cutting edge stuff at that time and very edgy and stuff like that. And I think, what MLW has been doing is it's creating its own identity in the way that there's, um, you know, obviously they don't go the extreme route where, you know, they they have some of that stuff, but it's like, it's kind of going the transcendent route of what is old is new again, in a lot of ways. Um, Talk about being in that locker room environment. And uh, yeah, let's start with that. And then I want to get a little bit more insight how your connection with MLW came to be like in, in a roundabout way.
1: Okay. Well, uh, so remind me what the first question was I'm, I'm very very bad like my memory is terrible. so what was the first half? So the first half of the question was what's the lock
0: how did you feel about the locker room dynamic being backstage in the East, uh, the 2300 arena and overall the, the major league wrestling vibe just being in the back in the back with everyone and everything like that.
1: I mean the locker room is full of really good wrestlers, you know, guys that are very respected and that guys that given, you know, have a lot of respect. So it, it was really cool. You know, I, I always kind of do my own thing because I'm, I'm I'm really there just to handle business. You know, I have friends, obviously. But, uh, you know, my first time in, I wanted to be as professional as possible and, you know, just check out the landscape and see what's going on. And, uh, you know, I feel like I, I fit in the equation very well.
0: Yeah. So how would you say – from a learning experience did you kind of gain anything that was kind of like a little bit more of like uh you know maybe how an operation is run like a promotion like this or certain aspects like that that you found really intriguing that maybe you weren't expecting going into it
1: yeah i mean i've i've never really done like a tv style of wrestling product so it was you know it was constantly learning there's one thing after another you know i i i didn't stop learning the whole time i was there and uh I got to learn from some of the best and the brightest brains in the business. Uh a lot of the guys that work behind the stage are just magnificent minds. So it was just a weekend full of just being a sponge and just, you know, figuring my place out and you know, making my place essentially. So it was it was it was awesome, you know. Uh lot lots of good people back there. There very much is. And I think what you're saying too, in
0: regards to just kind of being a sponge in a lot of ways. It's, it's very true. Like I, I think a lot of, you know, people, whether you're a wrestler or whether you're in, in some sort of career of anything, like just kind of hanging out and observing in a lot of ways, you learn a lot, just being a fly on the wall, basically, and just kind of taking things in. And then, you know, if you have a job to do, you go and do your job, but anything that you gained of just like watching is pretty damn cool itself too. And uh, so I think that speaks a lot. And yeah, like you said, there's a lot of great talents in there, like a, like a Davey Richards being back there Or like you have guys like, you know, uh, the champion like Alexander Hammerstone, um, Savio Vega, like a diverse group of talents back there. Um, And, uh, you know, a lot of guys with different styles, too. And something that I was very impressed with watching you, Uh, I saw two of your matches with Limitless Wrestling. You fought, um, let me see, Tyree Taylor. And uh, Rip Bison. And, uh, dude, I, this was, like, right in the thick of the pandemic, it looked like. So, like, there was, like, barely anybody in the crowd. But what you guys were doing in there, uh, for bigger guys, you were hard-hitting, but you also, like, showed a lot of athleticism. Uh, talk about being kind of like a bigger individual in, in wrestling nowadays and and, that's, and going about that style and the, the dynamic of that changing. Has that kind of always been something you wanted to do or – were you taught maybe, maybe starting off as a big man, but then going into like more of an athletic style? Or was this just kind of how you wanted to portray yourself?
1: Well, beginning, I, I actually started out kind of as a smaller wrestler. I started in the business at, at 200, and like two pounds. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. And I was not really even trying to wrestle like a, uh, like a junior or anything. I was just trying to wrestle. I just wanted to wrestle. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know the style I was going to go for as years go on and, you know, like you find loves and passions and like inspirations and other things, you start to tend to like go towards those. And, you know, my, my inspirations early on were all Japan and Memphis wrestling. So, uh, I shifted my style towards that, you know, I've put on some weight, put on some size and, you know, to be a big guy in wrestling, you know, this is wrestling. So it involves athletics. You can't just, you know, you can't just go out there and, work like stay in a hold or you can't you you have to keep the fans excited because you know like the way that NBA is the way football is the way everything else like all sports are fast-paced and short bursts so you have to keep the fans excited and to be a big guy you have to do things other than just pummel people you have to show like you know occasional you know feats of athleticism and I, I feel like I bring all that to the table so yeah it, it's it's good to be a, it's good to be a mobile big man
0: dude absolutely and no joke like seeing how you did a drop kick I was like dude that's like one of the best drop kicks I've seen today <laughs> like overall and um, incorporating that into your style and stuff um, it's got to be pretty rewarding because like you said being in bursts like that and being able to do, and pop those that kind of shit out of nowhere I think it's like it not only uh attractive to the fans but i bet it's like very engaging and fun to do as a wrestler too coming in Um, oh yeah
1: you know i i started i started my love for wrestling basically on a trampoline so to do a drop kick is like my favorite thing it's like so satisfying to feel that like when you jump up high enough in there to kick somebody in the teeth (laughs) yeah and then you do a backflip afterwards there's nothing better you know it's like the most it's like it's my ultimate – it's like I'm the kid on the playground doing backflips, but I can't really do it, so I'm just kicking people and then flipping out. Of it. And not landing it, but, like, I can do a backflip. That's, that's how I feel. It's like every time I get in a ring and do a drop kick, I'm that kid on the playground.
0: Absolutely, man.
1: Absolutely. And so you talked about,
0: too, and I think this is awesome, like you being into Memphis wrestling and all Japan, how did you get into that? Like what what uh, attracted you? Who introduced you to it? How did that all come to be exactly? Oh,
1: well, I think I, – I, I would say honestly, just hearing the history from podcasts and stuff before I started wrestling and like, you know, just really, really trying to be a spot. Like I've been like I've been trying to get into wrestling since I was like 17, 18 years old. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like I, I did all my homework, I listened to podcasts, you know, I really, really like I, like, I invested in, like, learning stuff before I got in this, so, like, to hear all the stories about Memphis Brawls and then, like, the Brawls in all Japan, like, the or Brody and Sen Hansen, Terry Funk, Tiger, all these, like, all these people, like, that they, like, you know, like, you hear about it, so then you go and watch it, so I heard about it from, like, podcasts and, like, the guys that trained me and brought me up in the business, like like the hooligans and Mikey McFinnigan and Zach Sawyer's like those guys like were like, Hey, watch this stuff, man. Like for your size and your abilities, like this is like stuff that will like really, really work for you. So yeah. Like, you know, guys like that really introduced me to some of the best wrestling I've seen in my life. Dude, I got, I bet too, seeing guys like a, like a
0: Stan Hansen or like a Terry Funk and dude, like seeing the interaction, like even just like the body language that you can convey in the ring and stuff like that. There's little subtleties that like, you don't see from wrestlers, but you have it where it's like, like Terry Funk gets those nuts moments where like you're like you look at that guy, and like, that guy is nuts. He's gonna fucking kill somebody. And like, uh, there's those moments where I could I see it in those brief two matches too, where it's like you take moments to do that stuff. I think the little details are so important. And um, going into that and uh, having that be a part of your style, I feel like um that really plays to the MLW vibe in a lot of ways. Um, is there certain wrestlers? uh obviously you just started there but and you you've competed with other guys in in mlw at this point we talked off air a little bit like you just wrestling davy richards and stuff like that and damn like those kicks in that match that sequence was amazing <laughs> but uh talk about who who's really engaging to you as a wrestler that you got to see firsthand while being in philly
1: i mean i want to go straight to the top so i i, I like to i like to face oh hammerstone you know i I got him on my sights, you know. I have got I got guys like Jacob Fatu in my sights. I want to go straight to the top, you know. I don't want to, I don't want to just go there and be a placeholder. I want to be a big part of what's going on. So you know, I I, I got my eyes set to the top. I would love to mix it up with anybody. Like you said, I've wrestled Davey. I wrestle him again in MLW for sure. I'll will fight anybody. You know, I, I want to fight everybody. So I don't care if it's in the middle, the bottom, or the top. I'll I'll be there and I'll be fighting as hard as I can
0: yeah hell yeah man so if you had to explain to somebody like whether they're a new viewer of major league wrestling or a new viewer of you how would you explain uh yourself uh as a persona as a person as a wrestler uh to a new fan going into it being like hey what are you all about like how would you convey that to somebody immediately and what would be their first takeaway do you think
1: well in all honesty i just do a lot of things off of phil and like what i who and what i am i try not to like be anything i'm not i've i've I, you know i i've, I've tried to be characters i've tried to be this but i found the most success just being like me times like 10 but like if it was times 10 i'd probably go to jail so it's just me <laughs> uh I, I i'm a very very kind person you know a lot of people a lot of people give me that compliment but i don't i don't mess around when it comes to like competition i you know i'm, I'm really really you know, I, I'm, I'm gunning for the top and everywhere I'm going, even if I never get there. It's, that's my goal. So, you know, I, uh, yeah, I just I, I, I don't I don't I don't take no prisoners. You know, I'm from a trailer park. I have grew up extremely poor. So I've got a humongous chip on my shoulder. And, you know, I, I, I really just want to go out there and uh, put it on people. You know, I want people to feel the things I felt in my life and uh, the wrestling ring gives me the, uh, the platform to do so what would you say like growing up in a trailer park and uh
0: like having that that like development go on what would you say uh played a big part in your aspect of of becoming a wrestler and giving you that um i guess drive to to do it more you know what i mean where like what was was there a big motivator like of that that growing up in that lifestyle that really got you going to wrestler and, and got you motivated to going into wrestling
1: well, honestly, man, for me, wrestling was like my escape. You know, I grew up like around drugs and a lot of like stuff that like kids, a lot of kids do grow up around. So right. for me to get away from it, I would go to like local wrestling. And I would watch wrestling and, you know, I'd go play wrestling. Like figure, I go play wrestling next door. I would do it with the action figures. I go on the trampoline, like anything and everything wrestling was it for me. So growing up a lot of times, like I'd find myself at OVW and like, Watching guys like CM Punk and like, and like just any, like I can like, uh, Chet the Jet, uh, like just just like all kinds of like really good wrestlers. Like, you know, I get to go watch them, that'd be like my escape. So, uh, yeah, just you know, it's always been, it's always been there for me. You know, it's all, it's always been like my, uh, my cake for the fat kid if you if you will right yeah no dude there's so much to be said about that because yeah
0: like i told you too i grew up in like a small town in pennsylvania and there was like there was a lot of drugs and there was a lot of nothing to do in those areas and so yeah like,
1: like be, being poor and that that being like a really really like not like not to say that wrestling like targets like different like because they yeah. don't you know they, they really should target like poor people because when the 80s that's what they did and they were like selling tickets for two bucks but they would sell arenas out all over the nation Mm -hmm. so i i think that like wrestling like you know it really does like it's like a it's a form of entertainment that like anybody can understand and like honestly like growing up and being like in like a i want to say like a dumber area but like you know like probably not like up it's it's a very less educated area right And you know like not not so much like like people are very easily entertained and like wrestling is it's that, you know, it's plain and simple. It's people fighting, it's drama. It's so, good like, versus evil, you know, it's exactly, just basic storytelling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And like for that to like, it was free. It was on, it was on t- cable. So like, it, I don't know, it, it just grabbed me. And I, I've been hooked ever since. And it was, it's always been escape. Still is. I'm 26 years old and I watch it every single day.
0: You can't beat it, man. It's a, it's really neat to be, I think as a wrestler, how exciting is it to be a a wrestler in the business right now, where it's like, not only do you have a promotion like MLW, but you have these options to go and do some indie wrestling, or there's just like the, the aspect of all these other, whether it's WWE, AEW, you name it like new Japan. Like it's just like all these other promotions going on and sure. Some are struggling here and there and the pandemic obviously played a factor, but it's gotta be pretty exciting time to be a wrestler right now. How, How do you feel about
1: that overall, like going into it? I mean, it's, it's great, you know, regardless if like I had MOW or anything like that, I would still be having the time of my life. I, You know, I've wanted to do this since I was, like I said, I, since I can make memories of like anything. <laughs> like it's some of my first memories of my life are wrestling. So yeah, to to be in it and to be in it this time, and, you know, to be in the spot I am, it's really awesome. And, you know, if I was a kid, I think I'd be very proud of myself. And not that that really matters to anybody but me, but uh, yeah, it's I think I'm who exactly I wanted to be as a kid. And I like, I know it sounds very vain and very, like, no man, I'm pompous, like, pompous, but it like, I'm very happy about it. You know, it, like my life is great. Yeah, to, to say that, I think uh,
0: a lot of people should have that mindset. I feel like, and a lot of people don't. And that's the unfortunate thing is like, you know, feeling good about where you're going and where you're headed. I think um, that's a, that's a big thing about being successful and like just having the confidence in yourself and the ability to be like, Hey, you know what? Whatever happens, I can persevere through this or like this is my goal and I have it set. And I'm going to make it. You know, but a lot of people go with that mindset. I think that it'd be it'd be very beneficial to them. So I think it's a good, good way to handle things, man. So absolutely. Yeah, I
1: mean, I like I come from the bottom. Nobody's going to believe in like nobody believes in you at the bottom. So if you if you don't have any self-belief at all, you ain't going to get out from the bottom. So, you know, we got to be our own cheerleaders sometimes, not not to do our own horns, but just to like get us through the day.
0: Right. Yeah, that's it. That's the thing that it, like fake it till you make it basically a lot of the ways. It's like that, that's a story of beef. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's it. That's all you got to do, man. <laughs> OK, so going that, there to MLW, being there in Philly, getting your first experience there. What was something that was very impressive to you as a promotion for it? Like what really stood out to you as how whether it was like how they execute everything or just in general, what, what really stood out to you?
1: Well, honestly, you know all the big lights and all the the, the amazing sound equipment, and you know I, I'm I've been doing the indies for seven years now, so to see that kind of stage and to see the scale of production, everything was actually really cool and something I've never, I don't think I've ever really been a part of a promotion that has done something like that. I mean, they had pyro, yeah, like yeah, that they do is crazy, <laughs> like you know, like as as a little trailer park kid, I wanted to put like axe spray on top of the panels of it, see what how much I can get it, like how 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 much fire could be in that building safely. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how safe it would be, but like, you know, my little mom was tempted to go out there and play with it, but it was just, you know, it was just like nothing else I've seen yet in wrestling. Like I've seen wrestling like that on TV, but never, you know, experienced it as a performer. So it was, it was cool. You know, like there was like 15 cameras all around at all times, you know, it, it, it was different, you know, but it, it felt like, it felt like what, like I've always envisioned, like working for a major, you know, a major company would be. So it was, it was really cool. Uh, I I will say that I can't wait to get back to it because just like, it makes it feel even more real. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It definitely does. Once you get that experience of it, me, I like, you know, I, I've been behind the scenes at the Philly, at the 2300 arena and stuff like that. And just seeing how it all operates, how motivated everybody is, how focused people are and like how into it overall as a, as a, uh, a company, it is. It's like, you know, that ship is a tightly run ship and uh, you can see it from a production standpoint, like week in and week out. There's like consistent storytelling, everything. So like you getting in the fold of it, it's got to be a pretty cool feeling because I, I like I said this on my my show is like you're going to fit right in with all these guys. Like in uh, th- that mentality of like, you know, that unique style where it's like there's that convergence of like the hybrid style, that uh, amateur wrestling background, the luchador style. The strong style and then like yeah the uh, the brawler big man whatever you know all that comes into play and it's neat to see all these kind of matchups potentially come in place so um that's got to be a pretty fun feeling too to see all these different styles are you headed to the are you going to be at the the mexico shows
1: i couldn't get my passport in time no oh, I'll be shoot there.
0: yeah dang it yeah that's yeah, that's what I was wondering, how many people would be able to do that with, uh, you know, with whatever it is, passport or, you know, COVID going on. There's all that aspect coming into it. But you're going to be in Dallas, correct?
1: Yes, I'll, I'll be in Dallas a bunch. <laughs>
0: yeah. We awesome. got a lot
1: going on there, so it'll be awesome.
0: That's going to be a real good time. Von Air country, man, that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, holy shit.
1: Um, Last time I was in Dallas, man, I got, I got kicked out of a bar, man. I got like somebody threw a drink in my face. It was terrible. I won't even say what I did for legal reasons. That That's fine.
0: Yeah, that's fine. You know what, though? I mean, like, heck, you know, when you go into that bar, that bar environment, people get nuts. It gets a little out of hand sometimes. And, you know, it's Dallas, too. Did you like Dallas overall as a city,
1: too, like and being there? Oh, yeah. I mean, I you know, I'm 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 a Kentucky boy. I'm from the south. So, you know, sometimes people think they're more southern than other people. And I don't care about, you know, I guess being more southern than anybody else. So, you know. I'll just leave it at that. It was a good time, but uh can't wait to be back. You know what? <clears throat> I wanted to ask you about this.
0: You made a tweet. Now, I, I don't, I'm i paraphrasing it. Let me see if I wrote it down because I wrote it down the other day. I thought I did. But you mentioned something about you might not be the most, what is it, southern wrestler, but you,
1: you're like the biggest southern. Can you explain that? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I said that I might not be the best wrestler from the South, but I represent the South better than any other wrestler. Explain that to me. Yeah, could you convey that a little bit? I was intrigued by that tweet. Yeah, um, you know, first of all, I want to make any – I don't want to – I'm not a racist, and it has nothing to do with that. So, it, so Southern wrestling is brawls. It's angles. It's picking up the – setting up the next match – with your match, it's, it's all that. And it's like, you know, people want to, you know, they, they, they scoff and they, and then they, they, they shit on Southern wrestling, but man, like Southern wrestling has had some of the biggest draws and some of the biggest houses in all the history of wrestling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I have not drawn a freaking dime in this business. I've not made anybody money in this business yet, but I'm learning how to, and, you know, I, I think that the South you know, has a bad name because of like the way business has been done notoriously like not paying people good money but a lot of a lot of emotion from the fans and from the wrestlers have like some of the best has been from the south and you know I I feel like I can no matter what good guy or bad guy I can make a crowd scream my name in anger or in adulation you know and that's something that you know like you learn the south you learn how to wrestle you know you I, I started my career in Tennessee basically you know and like those fans don't give a crap about backflips and oh, no. fancy, fancy stuff. You had to go out there and make them feel something. So I think I'm one of the better dudes at like filling a crowd, like not getting a crowd to like, you know, go crazy, but to fill them, you know, make them angry, make, you know, just, I don't know. I feel like not to be cocky, but a lot of dudes don't care about that. They just want to go out there and wrestle. Yes. I don't play wrestler. I, I, I am a wrestler.
0: Yes. And you said, I mean, like, you know, the perfect example is Memphis. Like there's a reason they call it Memphis Heat. And there's also like you look at guys like Stone Cold, like he didn't get paid when he was down in Memphis very well, but he looks back on it affectionately and like talks about how much experience he got from being under like working with Jerry Jarrett and all those guys. And you look at Jeff Jarrett and the the wisdom he brings, the the crowds that Jerry Lawler would draw with Bill Dundee, uh, Terry Funk coming in there and everything like that. uh, Andy Kaufman, they, they were on top of things. And having all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, it really speaks. Southern wrestling's a lot of
1: fun. Like, uh... yeah, and it's 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 a throw it's a throwback to like simple. Like, I'm mm-hmm. a I'm a freak for simpleness. Like anything simple that like I can do, I'm gonna do it because it's easy, it's relatable, and it doesn't get it doesn't go over people's heads. Like you know, like I I don't know. I, I just I, like you said, it's like some of the best wrestling ever is from the south. Yeah yeah 100%. so that's that's what I meant by that like i I want to keep that i want to make wrestling real again like I want people to really believe in what I do yeah because it's real to me everybody says I have like good facials and stuff because I think it's real i I am completely treating it as it's real and every other wrestler should too
0: hey you believe in it the crowd's gonna believe in it and that's where where the bottom line lies you know ultimately like people the crowd fans they can see right through phoniness you know it's it's like it's, it'll be a matter of time till people pick up on that it's they they can sense it from a mile away and you know if you believe what's authentic then it's authentic you know because you're bringing the authenticity to
1: it yeah and that style is coming back people are longing for like realness so you mm-hmm. see you see it more and more a lot more guys are kind of floating towards that style get more realistic you know it, it's it, people 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 want an alternative and they want something that seems real. So that's why I think the independents are so great. You know, right. We may never make money, but we become people's heroes still same way.
0: I, I would say too, from a, like, from an outsider standpoint, doing the independent scene, it has to really like, not that you're getting rejected or to, to any form like that, but like it kind of, I would think it would build like almost like a callus, you know, on how you handle things. Because you're used to working, whether it's like very little crowds for very little money, everything like that, you are getting your licks in early, like on the business. So, like being in the ground up and not being like thrown right into the the mainstream vibe of what, like whether it's like a WWE or whatever it may be, like you're you're you've experienced a lot of like pain, heartache you know (laughs) uh despondency a lot of that stuff going in and i'm sure that how how much has that played into you like kind of getting ready for being in in the big scene here in mlw and everything like that
1: well i mean since since day one practically (laughs) i've i've been on the road three days a weekend you know uh there's been exceptions to that but uh you know I, i i put a lot of work in a lot of miles a lot of brain hours a lot of you know a lot of miles on my body doing this uh there's, there's been days where I've worked five matches in West Virginia just to get experience. You know, like, I, uh, you know, I've worked all kinds of wrestlers. I've worked midgets. Uh, oh, I've worked. Uh, sorry, that might be a really offensive. little I've people. Worked, you're fine. I, I've okay. worked little people. Yeah. you're okay. I've worked women. I've worked m- monsters. I've worked skinny as real. I've worked any and every kind of person there is, you know? So getting, getting to like, get on this platform and do it. You know, I'm ready. And like, I I think it's so awesome because like Steve Austin is one of my favorite wrestlers and he got his first major break. I think it was like seven years in and I'm here, here I am seven years in and I've got my first like first break and I'm not, I'm like, I got his mentality, you know, like you, like you give me the opportunity. I'm just going to, I'm going to rise. I'm going to do great with it. Uh, I, I don't, I don't really, I don't really set a bar for myself, you know, because like I only expect to go up, you know, like I really, 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 you know, I I, I'm on like a mental roll right now. I'm I'm really focused. I'm ready to go. 100 percent, dude. And you look at it, too. Look at
0: when Steve Austin became Stone Cold. He was like 36 years old. So it's like that's and that that's what a lot of people consider the prime of people's wrestling careers. So, I mean, you being 26, you got time to like not only cultivate that kind of mindset, cultivate a fan base, all that stuff. You got a lot of stuff in your favor. Um, for sure. Uh, Is there, there, how, uh, from an aspect of working from a smart perspective where it's like physically smart, where you're kind of keeping in mind, like protecting yourself in a lot of ways, um, and not taking too many risks. Do you find a certain balance for yourself there while still being able to entertain the fans in a lot of ways?
1: Well, honestly, that's kind of like, uh, Beef style is there's it's all risk. It's there's no precaution taken. Uh, as we were talking before the interview, I split my knee open. Like yeah. my knee cap completely open this weekend, and just being an idiot. Like I don't. I I do. Like I, I will say, there are certain extents I care about my opponent's safety. Sure, but we are wrestling. Mm-hmm. It's a very physical sport, and if I hurt you, get over it. I'm not. I've not broke your bones. I didn't beat you up because it was personal. It's wrestling, yeah. So you know, I I will say beef style is a bit reckless and like to be safe is that like I I don't really pay attention to that stuff out there. It's it's not like a form or a technique. It's just you know go out there and give it my all, and I I do come back a lot of times with a busted nose, you know, like swollen fingers, like busted knuckles, it is, and it's just because I'm out there giving my all, and I like I I can't do nothing else but that. You know, do you find a lot of, I
0: mean, I hear it from a lot of guys too. And like, you know, uh, whether I'm interviewing them or just hearing them on like a podcast, or whatever it may be, but I hear from a lot of guys, like, you know, they respect that kind of attitude, like in that mentality of like, hey, you're going in, you're going to hit me hard. That's just part of the game. Like, is that how you, uh, with a lot of your opponents that you go in the ring with, or whether the partners or opponents, do you find that that is a lot of the mindset of a lot of people? Uh, what is the mentality of the business like currently with that regard, I guess?
1: Um, it, it really, it just, it, it, it's, it just varies. It's person to person. You know, there's some guys I can go out there and just, I hit headbutt them in the nose and won't hear a single thing about it. Yeah. But there'll be, there'll be a dude that I catch with like a forearm or like a club or something to the back and they'll complain about the whole night to me, (laughs) you know? And I, I think once the match is over, we, we, it's, you know, nobody's hurt everybody's fine all right see ya see you when we drink beers and stuff if, if we take beers together uh I, you know I see I do notice like a lot a lot of the more professional guys are way more tough and they you know they take the licks but like I don't know I mean I never complain because I, I like it you know I, I like the rowdiness sure um, but overall you know you see a lot more stiffness here lately in the in the wrestling business so I think more people are getting over it. But there are still some people that will complain to you and they I don't think, like it.
0: And you know what? I'm sure that's always been kind of a part of the business to an extent where it's like, hey, some people can take it, some people can't. And then, you know, to an extent, you know, those people will either wash out or, you know, they'll survive somehow. But, you know, <laughs> it's a moment where it's like, okay, yeah, people can take their licks and stuff and move. It's the wrestling. Yeah, people are going to get hurt. It's not ballet. You it's know? a tough
1: business. Very tough, tough business.
0: business. Shit.
1: People right. get hurt very badly in ballet too. They break legs in ballet. So, right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. hey, you know, it, it it it's rough. I mean, anything physical, I could break my leg going step outside in the morning. There'd be frost on the sidewalk. I could snap my leg right in half. Yep. I could do the same thing in a wrestling ring.
0: Mm-hmm. It,
1: it's it's all physical, you know. But like you said, like I don't know, we kind of getting off track and stuff. <laughs> I just wish less people complain. Yeah. No, no I get but- it. I get it. Yeah, I do.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs>
1: A, well, everything tough is like if life is tough and we complain about it so i guess i shouldn't really be you know dogging on people but it's it, i just it's i'm it's there's no like real malice you know it, no. sorry sorry if i hurt you buddy yeah but, it's, it's, but, hey,
0: we're, we're hitting each other to an extent so it's because shit's gonna happen <laughs> you know it, yep exactly Shit's gonna happen <laughs> all right um you know so what i wanted to do was since Thanksgiving is, and you're gonna debut on this Thanksgiving episode here. What I want to do is a little rapid fire Thanksgiving questions with you.
1: And, okay. Uh, so
0: we'll we'll run down here real quick, and we'll see uh, see where where you lay in uh, your form of celebrating
1: Thanksgiving. All right, right let's go. All right, yes, sir.
0: What is the best side dish?
1: Best side dish. Macaroni.
0: Okay, you already answered another question, Mike. I'll that's I will get this out of the way then. It's good. I'll know the answer already. But uh, this was I thought was going to be my most controversial question. Is mac and cheese a legit Thanksgiving side dish?
1: Yeah. Who said it was? I've heard them to me directly. Yeah, (laughs) I've heard differences. So me
0: personally, I like growing up, I never had mac and cheese. But like growing up, like later on, I hear all over the place. People like mac and cheese and have mac and cheese. So, yeah. uh, And I'm all for mac and cheese, so I'm not against it.
1: Yeah, no, it that and baked beans are my absolute favorite sides. Like it has baked to be beans. every Thanksgiving or Christmas. I'll okay. be cool with either, but both are better.
0: All right, all right. What is the worst side dish?
1: Ooh, I've had. I, I'm I'm kind of particular when it comes to Thanksgiving food. I like simple foods. Mm-hmm. I've had I've had some weird like casseroles. Sorry. Uh, I don't I don't know. I I'd probably say like asparagus well like that's a good one yeah i don't i just i don't get it thanksgiving like we're not trying to eat healthy
0: no i tried cooking it up a couple times too and i'm just like you know give me green beans or something
1: (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly
0: (laughs) that's all i want um all right how you get your thanksgiving plate laid out do you have your food intentionally separated and segmented or is it all over
1: the place uh, honestly, I like to put my corn, my mac and cheese and my mashed potatoes all kind of close to each other. Cause they all just end up getting mixed up. Right. So I kind of like, you know, stir those together mm. and then I like to have a roll somewhere close around, like you said, occasional green. Yeah. And then on the, on all, all the meats are kind of stacked upon one another. I like to, I like to put my Turkey on top of everything. Cause I don't really like, I don't mind if Turkey has like the flavor, of everything else on it, but like ham On the bottom, it's just like it absorbs all the others. And this ham has so much flavor. I don't know. I think it's just it's not going to mess anything up. So
0: so you always definitely get ham with the turkey, too.
1: Oh, I get every meat. Like Ah. I even I even get like I get white meat. I get a little bit of dark meat from both. Like, you know, I, I, you know, I don't mess around. I I like I'm a man. I'm a man of many tastes and I like (laughs) all the meats. You got to be well-rounded with that. Okay. Oh, you had to choose, though. White meat. White meat or dark meat? Where are you going? I like white meat. I really do. Mm-hmm. I, I like it. I think it is just, it's, I don't know. It's my preference.
0: Yeah. Now I, white meat, I'm white meat
1: too. Um, best pie. Ooh, best pie. We have a thing. That, well, I mean, it's everywhere, but derby pie. It's, it's pretty good. It's, uh, kind of like a, a Kentucky Louisville thing. Okay. Uh, also, is that like hot brown?
0: Is that what that is kind of like?
1: No, no, hot brown is like a uh it's like a dish. It's like it's like gravy, bread, tomato, some kind of cheese. I remember uh, having
0: that and that was pretty good.
1: Yeah. But yeah. no, it's nothing like that. It's okay. a, it's like a, like a lot of pecans, like some like bourbon. It's got Ooh. chocolate chips on it. Yeah, it's really good. I hey, like a yeah. old pumpkin pie though. Pa- pumpkin pie. You can't beat a pumpkin pie either. I, I'm a big apple pie guy. A lot of
0: people think that's kind of generic, but I'm like, yeah, I, I like the apple pie. But
1: hey, the classics are the best.
0: You can't knock a classic, you know? Exactly. Um let's see. Okay. What is the okay? Uh Thanksgiving's done with over. What is the first how long did it take you to get in the Christmas mood? If you are a Christmas guy, uh and what movie would you pop in first?
1: Okay, I'm not like I... I'm not too big on Christmas. I used to be kind of like, I never really had like, we always had Christmas, but it was never like a, oh shit, Christmas is coming. Yeah, like so much festive, co- like, kind of that kind of thing. Yeah, it right. was, it was never that way. It was just like maybe have a Christmas tree up and like <laughs> open the gifts maybe a day before and, like, <laughs> right, How the yeah. hell do we put this tree up. <laughs> <laughs> like it was never really like anything special to us. Like, so like my idea of Christmas is just like one day of the year, just like, you know, given to people you love. Uh, I, I think the first movie I put on for Christmas is uh, probably *Humble* alone. It's a, it's, a, it's a tested classic, dude. You, know, you can't beat that. That's that's a damn good one. <laughs> it, it makes your it makes your soul in the mood for Christmas, dude. That baby face
0: turn the old man takes. I mean, one of the best turns in all of Christmas movies, I would say. Like creepy old guy at first, then he comes and like hits uh, hits the bad guys with the shovel. You can't beat that.
1: Yeah, I I when I was a kid, I even called that. I knew he was gonna. <laughs> I, I was like, he's not bad. Yeah. He's not bad. He's just he's, he's just old. Yeah, he's just old. Don't don't knock him for that. <laughs> he, it's like my, it's like Grandpa walks around the house looking evil all the time too, and he's not up to nothing bad. Right, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Sweet.
0: All right. Well, uh, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? You you spend it with family. You get you getting that opportunity. What's what's going on there?
1: Yeah, I'm actually just going to hang around the house with Lady Beef, and we're going we're gonna to cook up a bunch of food and just, you know, fatten up for the winter, uh, get ready for hibernation season, and then, no, nah, uh, but we, yeah, we, were, we will be having our own Thanksgiving together, and, you know, christening the apartment. We're moving out come uh, March next year, so this will be our last uh, Thanksgiving where we've been for a few years, so right. we're going to make a special for each other.
0: Yeah, right. Just enjoy it all you can and then like, you know, life goes on kind of thing. That's great. That's right.
1: That's right. On to the next one.
0: Hell yeah, brother. Cool. Well, um, so yeah, tomorrow, uh it'll or Wednesday, I will say, uh, is happening uh your first your MLW debut. I'm excited to see it, man. Uh Philadelphia can't start out a better place, I would say. So.
1: yeah, and I, I really hope it happens tomorrow because like I said, I don't want to make a fool of both I know, of us. But, right? uh, we are talking
0: yeah. about it. I'm
1: pretty sure it's happening. I think I saw it. But if not, it's gonna be happening. So it will be happening. So still tune in. Uh tune in nonetheless. Yeah, no. Amazing, amazing atmosphere, uh, good time. You know, we just went in there and absolutely pounded on Bud Heavy. Had a, had a, had to make a statement and I sure did. Uh you know, had a good time. So uh it it regardless, tune in tomorrow to Fusion. Yep. It'll, it'll be on uh it it'll, it'll be on the YouTubes and uh you get on there and watch it live and see see the Beaster do his thing.
0: See the Beaster do his thing. And bud heavy man, he I, he's over with that Philly crowd. So you had you had that going against you.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, they, they hated my guts because they love bud so much. <laughs> they love bud. They love bud, man. Cool. Anything else you want to plug? Uh yeah, just check me out on uh, the Twitter at uh, GnarlsGarvin. You can follow me there. You can uh you can follow me on uh, Instagram at Big F and Beef. Yeah. Uh, you can go, you can go find me on Facebook at Norris Garvin. Big beef is my like page on there. And also you can go to my pro wrestling tees, uh, pro wrestling tees.com backslash big beef. And that, you. Yeah, I mean, you can't really communicate on there, but you could buy a shirt and that'd be great.
0: Yeah. Tis the season for all that stuff. So
1: absolutely. There's all kinds of deals going on. Uh, I don't have a code in front of me, which I feel stupid for, but uh, I'm sure if you just check around my Twitter, there'll be codes and, everything so go find me there for all uh inquiries and uh questions and you know if you're if you're bored and you just want to see something stupid on the internet check me out
0: there you go and heck i'll put the code in for the article that we do so You'll be good to go.
1: Awesome. <laughs> awesome.
0: Thank you. You're welcome. All right, guys. This is Dominic D'Angelo, WrestleZone.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Dominic D'Angelo. You can follow WrestleZone on Twitter at WrestleZone.com. And, hey, go to WrestleZone.com for all your wrestling news needs. Plus, check out the MLW Fusion Fight Report, where I recap MLW Fusion every week for you guys. So, Narles, thanks for joining me, brother. It's been a good time. I can't wait to see you kick some ass in Dallas as well. So, uh, you know, happy Thanksgiving.
1: <laughs> hey, hell yeah, and thanks for having me. It's yeah. a great honor.
0: Absolutely. All right, guys. We'll see you later.